Welcome to Keepers of the Word. We are an esoteric study group of Freemasons whose purpose is of sharing knowledge of mystery schools and debunking misconceptions about Freemasonry. You're here with Mike and Ron. Disclaimer, any of the opinions expressed on Keepers of the Word do not reflect the opinions of organizations, other organizations or Masonic lodges. So brief history on today's topic. Ancient legend and lore maintain that Enoch had superior knowledge and visited heaven where he learned about the nature of the universe, of the angels, and of God. Enoch wrote books of all he learned, and upon returning to earth, he shared his understandings with his family and friends until God took him, uh, until God took him this time forever. After his ascension to heaven, Enoch was believed to have become so glorious that he was believed to be more God than angel. In other legends, and especially within the Kabbalah, Enoch, as Metatron, is the archangel charged with recording the deeds of all creation in the Book of Life. Metatron also is one of very few allowed to look upon the countenance of the divine, and presumably through this access, knows all the secrets of the universe and acts as the mediator between God and his people. With us today to help enlighten everyone on the book of Enoch is our guest speaker, James Bracero, who has done countless hours of research and study on banned books from the Bible and various other esoteric topics. James, give a brief description of your knowledge and who you are. Uh, my name is James Bracero. I'm a Freemason of Blue Lodge, also of the York York Wright. Um, see, brief uh, history of my knowledge. I'm, I collect antiquarian rare books, uh, band books, uh, Pseudographa, Apocrypha, um, all the wonderful books that were taken out of the Bible. Okay. So, how long have you been studying Enoch and other biblical esoterics? Uh, without trying to give away my age, <laughs> about 22 years. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a long... 22 years. He he's a, was a big, pivotal uh, person. I saw him in the Bible, and it was so small of a, of a spot for him in the Bible for God to come down and take somebody that must be pretty important. So why did he have such a small little role in, in the Bible? Or why was it left out? Correct. Right, in, in our known canon. Correct, and that's what started my journey. Just a little spark. Why did he do that? You know, he went and he accomplished what Adam failed at, and then there's nothing spoken about him. So it was pretty cool. So since the Bible can be seen as an allegorical text, do you feel the Book of Enoch is the same or of actual fact in history? So what he speaks about in the Bible, he speaks about measuring uh, pathways of stars, planets, alignments, seasons, days, uh, measure of time, measure of height, width. Um, he writes down basically anything that has knowledge. There was no writing prior. So he was the first one to actually be the scribe. He's also called the scribe of God. So God wanted him to go down and take accountants of everything that was happening on the earth, along with uh, being a mediator between the fallen angels, the watchers, and God. Hmm. Do you think the use of psychedelics helped contribute to the writings and visions of Enoch, Moses, and other prophets of biblical times? Uh, psychedelics. 
Um, you know, when Enoch talks, has his vision, he has a dream of the giants and their names being washed away on these pillars of stone. Um, he, he goes, he, he interprets, interprets the dreams. So did he use psychedelics? Uh, I, I have never seen anything of him using psychedelics, his journey with Uriel. He could have been slipped something, but, um, you know, he's well aware in his journey. His journey took a long time from where Uriel got him and his travel north. Um, he traveled north. He, it was so pronounced of his travel so far. He starts noticing the sun is rising and setting in different spots that he's never seen. And he asks Uriel, why is this moving? Why, why is it over here? Why are the stars someplace different? And Uriel has to tell him this is you know, a different place where we're moving so far. Progression of time. Progression of time and latitude. And so, yes. Well, and I don't think it's that uncommon to have some type of a, an altered state of consciousness, whether you're using psychedelics or using meditation or whatever. And, and obviously time has a whole different concept when you're in an altered state. He was meditating. He does prayer and meditate on his journey with Uriel. And Uriel allows him to do this in his journey. And then um, once he reaches the destination, there was definitely rituals going on that he partakes in, that he sees. And then the visions become, the visions become pretty pronounced once he's there. Sounds like rushing water, like rivers, loud rivers, sights, sounds, lights flashing lights so hmm. yes that's most likely going back uh, going backwards the lineage um I, we discussed earlier off offline um the two were there two enochs was there one enoch most likely there was two enochs because yeah i think back then you know there wasn't too many people around so your names are pretty limited <laughs> you know um so you're talking about the seth line and yeah. the Cain line so Cain had a grandchild, um, one of his many grandchildren, his offspring. Yeah. One of them was named Enoch, and he built a city for him. City of Enoch. Called the City of Enoch, yeah. correct. And the giants did live in there. The stones were huge when they were making it. Um, very similar to a place called Baalbek that you guys can uh, check out. Yes. Very, very similar to that. And he dwelt there, built it, but never lived there. Cain never lived there. He had, he had to leave. He cannot dwell in the land. Well, because, I, you know, talking about those giants, uh, they had to eat a lot. They did. And they, uh, they ate everything around them. And unfortunately, out of the air. at some point, that got to where they were being, uh, they started eating people. Um, they started mm-hmm. eating each other. Uh, it, got, it got bad. It got really bad. They so desolated land. If you kind of if you kind of look at uh, that that same thing in Greek mythology, you're looking at you know the Titans versus you know mm-hmm. the, the the gods, um, and you know we all know that Cronos uh, was eating his his own children because you know developed an appetite yeah. for them. Yes, and it's kind of kind of going off the same thing as these redheaded giants uh, were doing things that you know shouldn't have happened and they were the nephilim they were offspring of you know the watchers the ones who fell correct there's many of them so right we have the refium over 200 right refium specters correct there's many variations of them um, not all of them were killed in the flood like he says right uh, they last all the way to king david so king david correct okay okay do you want to continue on that or? sure uh 
So do you think the Great Flood was a necessary and much-needed event to take place? So when you look at the flood stories from around the world, um, a lot of it was you have anywhere from a godlike figure talking about the noise that the humans created. They didn't like hearing the noise of us partying at nighttime with our campfires and our cities that we were building. We became noisy. Um, in Egypt, you talk about um, the god kings imitating what the gods had done prior of the north and south of Egypt being too split and their unity together. They talk about uh, the hippos being too loud in the north, so he wanted them all slaughtered so he can sleep at night, which is just a reference to him saying, I am who I am, bow down, and I'm going to duplicate what these gods had done, which is a reference to the flood. Um, Hippos being in water and stuff like that. And obviously he could not hear them from southern Egypt, but he wanted them dead. But... um, you have references to uh, the flood. Basically, there was too many of them everywhere. You talk about them eating the land. The yeah. land became desolate was and desolate. barren because yeah. they ate fowl out of the sky, the animals of the field. And then when they were done with that, then they turned on the people that they actually lived with, so humans and giants yeah. or the Nephilim or Watchers uh, actually lived together. So you have people where... You had towns where females would give birth to these giants and they would grow and then they would say, we got to get rid of this because the town's feeding it and eventually it's going to eat us. There's a lot of reference of like that. You know, um, I know that Graham Hancock is really into the whole flood story thing and that he has a lot. He has done a lot of research and has evidence to support that there was a flood that occurred between 12 and 14,000 years mm-hmm. ago and the younger dryas in Washington and and like even the the horseshoe mountains in Utah are signs that there was millions of gallons of water per yes. second rushing across the United States and decimating everything in its path. So, you know, aside from the fact that there are these lore and within almost every culture on every earth culture. about the about a great flood yes there's evidence that something actually did happen yes there's variations form from either god urinating on the earth to make it overflow uh you usually have a brother and a sister when you go to mesoamerica or come over for the indian le- uh, legends it's a brother and sister surviving on a piece of wood um floating and then they restart the population of humanity or you go back to noah you know, which uh, a lot of people believe Noah was also a giant or half giant offspring. So when he was born, he lit up the room. His skin was white as snow. His hair was wool. The room lit up with light. So basically, they were all afraid. All the wet nurses were afraid. And when his father came in, he said, this is my son. So they, they, his father says, go ask your great-grandfather, Enoch, what to do in this time. What is this? He'll know what to do with this because he deals with the watchers and or giants and stuff like that, the offspring. And so Enoch was of that lineage or knew of the, he already was knew of this was after the, after the flood. This was before the flood, but after the fallen watchers and stuff like that, Mount okay. Hebron stuff. Correct. Going back to the two different Enochs, um, we're, we're, we're going into the line of Cain and the line of Seth, right? Correct. So the Enoch on the line of Seth was seventh from Adam. He was the first. He was, 
the first Enoch, Enoch correct. Yeah, so that's seventh from Adam, though, right? Correct. But the line of Cain, again, we don't know much over here because they were, they, were, they were left out. There was mm-hmm. a lot of information. You really have to dig for this. I actually went and did the lineage of mm-hmm. both, and I have them. Do you, do you, can you talk about the, the one that we don't know about, the, the lineage of Cain? So you have Cain, he, um, his line basically were artificers. Basically, they created uh, brass, uh, cymbals, music. Um, they used gears. They used machines. They built machines that would go in the field. They built uh, water dams. Um, some of the water dams, I think, I believe they're in Iran. Uh, they believe Cain built them. They're so mm. old. They're still there actually working and functioning. Wow. Um, they're really beyond their time when you go look at it. And they're all su- self-sufficient. They don't need to be maintenance or anything. Interesting, right? To be to build something like that at that time. Yeah, right? I've, heard, I've heard the stories of that lineage that they just had massive amounts of, of technological advance. And also, I've heard some people talk about the fact that there was a schism within our, within our history where there was a, where we were an advanced psychic, had advanced psychic mm-hmm. abilities, and then became advanced technology technologically and that's kind of the way we've gone with the path and we've lost we've lost the path that that would talk more of the seth line being more spiritual more psychic spiritual they were Mm -hmm. more in tune with things um vegan they were correct they They ate different they They, different they they did not have concepts things that we refer to as magic now was just their psychic, yeah. their spi- spirituality, their Something psychic like, ability. Yes. What we're trying to get back to now, unfortunately, we don't have. We lost that knowledge. So that was that was which line? Correct. That, that was the Seth line. Yeah. Was the one that stayed up on the, the mountain, and then the, the, what mountain? Mountain. That would be uh, uh, the mountain where the cave of treasures is at. So and where's the cave of treasures? Cave of treasures. Oh, that's you know, it's hidden. <laughs> so uh, um, Adam the is still buried there. Question, He's buried yeah. there with myrrh, gold, and incense. So, yeah, they covered his whole body, and he's, he's sitting in that cave of treasures. The cave of treasures is the place that they went to after being kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Uh, God didn't just abandon him. He had his angels set up a, an apartment, basically, for him uh, to be protected by others that were out and about. The others, the others Correct. being the, 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 the fallen watchers the already. Of Lilith. Yes. Um, they were know, already out and about. Yeah, they were already Correct. out and about. And so you have to keep in mind when Adam and Eve... Before they even got kicked out, a lot of stuff was already going on. You had um, the two falls already happened. The first fall through lust, uh, through pride, which was Lucifer, Lucifer, where he said no to God. He yeah. said, I don't think that's right. Um, a third of, of the angels followed him. So it was myriad upon myriad of angels fell and followed his tail, is what they said. Um, and then you have the second fall, which is through lust, which was the watchers. You had Shemyaza, who basically saw it was really good good idea to go hang out with the daughters of man so it says the sons of god looked down upon the daughters of man and saw all of them were fair and chose upon them um as many wives as they wanted instead of man could have this why not can't we where was that taken from where where did you get that reference from because i've heard that before that's a biblical reference right right there that's a biblical reference um that's basically when they met mount uh met on mount hebron uh it's inland of judea Uh, they met there to basically decide. So the Watchers, their whole deal was they controlled the goings and coming back from the heavens. 
So basically when angels would come down on earth to do whatever they were doing, they basically had a checkpoint. And Demigods. Correct. So uh, Shem Yaza was the leader. He was the leader who you guys might know as Orion's belt. They hung him in, in, uh, in the heavens upside down, which later becomes Hercules, uh, Orion, all these different, many, many different things. Many different. But the first was Shem Yaza. Wow. It's interesting. Um, going off of going off of that, I remember we were talking. Let's go back to uh, the, the the little apartment that God created for okay, cave Adam, of treasures. the cave of treasures. Mm-hmm. Now, as these others were out and about, were there any specific others that were looking for them? Absolutely. So you had um, around the Dead Sea area. Um, that's where a lot of the fallen watchers would go. You had a Zazzle. You had um, mm-hmm. Shemya. Right. Yeah, the most Shemya. famous to, one. To dwell on him. So what he attributed to mankind was makeup, war, tools, um, chemistry, medicine. So there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. You know, he taught women how to wear makeup to become pleasing, to wear blush, which basically shows that the capillaries are now opening up to become ready to procreate. So basically it was a extension to basically overdo. Everything was now extreme and overdone. So, you know, when Lilith left the Garden of Eden, she went directly to the Dead Sea area to go dwell with them for protection. And she made a deal with them to trade, to learn to protect herself, defensive magic from God, because God sent people after her. And successfully defended against um, what he wanted to do and wanted to bring her back. And she said no. And for her to say no to God, you have to have something on your side. Yeah, that doesn't work that way. (laughs) Correct. So you had these guys. You were talking about how Cain's line got information and got knowledge. It was directly from the Watchers, 100%, because they couldn't get to Adam. So they took anything around him to take him to build their own. So they wanted Adam's lineage. It was very specific because Adam was different than the other humans that were out and about. Uh, Very clear and specific. It's kind of like if you look at, like if you were to compare that to today, you would say, okay, so a vegan, somebody who's who's just well, you had Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon man. You can go look. You asked here. You ask, um, is it allegorical text or is it actual fact in history? So I'm a big archaeological junkie. I love it. I love anthropology. When you look at it, it's there in your face. If you take this and you overlap it, you have multiple. So the evidence is there. Is to there for sure? That it there were multiple actual. human races on but yeah, the we planet. Know, we know that they're finding more and more. They out found one just recently yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah, that's as of yesterday. So wow. that's brand new news. Correct. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to figure out what that is. So, uh, yeah, you have uh, evidence of different humans actually dwelling together. You have Neanderthals dwelling with humans as subjugates. And well, food. You're, you're, you're also finding out more and more that what we thought were separate lineages, were like not, Neanderthals yeah. and hominoids. They, they bred. They, they interbred, right. exactly. For so, sure. 100%. I mean, there's DNA out. We have we have Neanderthal DNA within our DNA. Most of the female bones that are found in caves with Neanderthal, Neanderthals did not have scrape marks on them. And what's the significance of that? They didn't eat them. Oh. oh. So they kept the females and they ate the males usually. 
So there was there was there was knife and forks <laughs> on like way to do it, right? femurs and stuff yeah. like that found in fire pits. Females were usually buried because they would take them because the female, if you you know, the hearth is at the heart of the home, and who tends to that? That would be the female, your yeah. your, your mother, yeah. right. right? So she's the heart of the home, and they needed that. So they would have them to take their attributes, their learnings of what they had, and attribute to them to help cook, clean. Uh, medicine, whatever, for life, just living purposes. Now, moving on to the ascension and his his many visits to heaven. Yes. Can we talk about the first visit, like when he was first in in heaven, where he first the, ascended? The first visit would be the journey with Uriel, which the journey took with Uriel. a very long time. Um, he took him north. You can follow. Uh, there's many books out there, great books, which we've spoken about. Um, that, that go into more detail about where he went and how you can discern where he went. Um, I know if I can touch real quick before you go any deeper into that. Um, I I read, um, Robert Lomas and Christopher, uh, Christopher, this is the only book I'm referring to. Uriel's machine. (laughs) Correct. Uriel's machine. And, And I guess the, uh, the long story short of that was that it was a way for rebuilding after the flood is, Correct. is their their long story short of that is, is that it was a it was a time it was it's a, a clock it was a clock. calendar it's a calendar clock yeah. that you can put anywhere in the world to discern what time it was what, what year season. it was when it was safe to come out when to plant when to sow yeah. when to, when to to do those things when you get into the flood stories the major thing that now becomes esoteric that is hidden was when to hide when to come out and how do we rebuild right well the main thing was when to hide when to come out or you just die because there was no life on the planet at this time fires burning across when you read in every religious text or just mythology that i've gone through which is quite a lot um you have a lot of people going underground when you read Mesoamerica. Yeah. Um, caves. Southwest. Lot, lots of talk of caves. It's amazing. They yeah. live with the ant people. Uh, they help them. Their brothers are red skin ant, ant people. Brothers help them to go. They would plug and seal the actual uh, um, tunnels, which you can go to today. You can actually go there and walk them and see them. Um, this is everywhere from Thunder Mountain. Uh, you have pyramid lake which is california mm-hmm. you, i mean you have everywhere oh, really there's there stuff ev- at pyramid lake ev- well oh, I didn't know that. If, if some of them are collapsed in their mines they're old mines they don't recommend you to go into right. a lot of them are collapsed um funny is that a lot of them are underneath air force bases now hmm hmm interesting um you know all right so sorry i didn't mean to pull you off topic no, there. no worries so, back to Back to the first, uh, uh, the first. first so Uriel, so yeah. Uriel took him. Um, you can tell, you know, Uriel is kind of on a time constraint. He wants to get him there. He wants to teach him. He says, "I'm going to take you and teach you these things. So when I bring you back, you can spread the word of what is going to happen." So, um, you know, you you talk about the flood stories. You know, the time between Enoch and Noah is a vast amount of time that took place. So this did not happen overnight, you know, from when the the, the uh, giants bring it to his attention about this dream and he interprets the dream. 
and then the point where he goes to God, he becomes an intermediary, intermediary between God and, and the Watchers because there's now no more communication between the two factions. And he has Enoch go between. This is what um, gives people the idea that Enoch was either a giant or half-giant because he's going in between freely. He walks into places that a normal human would be a snack. And he walks in, and they greet him, and he knows how to interact with them uh, and to hold tongue with them, basically, without being offended, without offending other people um, or other beings that are there. So on both worlds. You see the way he speaks with the giants is a little bit different when he goes to heaven to speak with God and Uriel. Correct. Uh, The first time he goes there, he cannot speak with God. So he has other angels. Uriel um, says that he vibrates. He he um, prostrated himself on the floor because he was so afraid. The ground shook. He threw his body on the ground. He hit his head. He was in fear, um, which most people do when they come across God. <laughs> well, and so what do you think the? I'm sorry. No, what, well, what do you think that was? Yeah, according to that, <laughs> um, you know, the first time he goes to speak with God. And God wants him, he wants, he gets tired of, of going back and forth. It's, it's like having a translator. And then uh, later on, when he goes back, he becomes, he transmutes into Metatron after hearing stuff. Uh, he tries to speak with God, and uh, they kind of try to figure out how to do it, and it doesn't go so well. And he starts to melt. Um, so, hmm. yeah, and he, he's trying to write down scrolls, writing down because he's the master scribe. Uh, but like he get, one and the same, correct. Mercury, they're all the same. Many-faced gods, correct. Just different names, correct. Your mom may call you your middle initial, and your friends call <laughs> you a different name. Yeah. And your teacher calls you by your full name. Still the same person. All the same thing. Person. All the same thing. So going into one, one of the things that I read in the Book of Enoch, there was places where he stood, and there was different portals. And Correct. each portal was like a mirror. And as you walked and you looked at the portal, there was one portal that was all ice. And then there was another portal that there was fire. And then there was another portal that led you into a whole other realm. Correct. Now, I didn't get to, I, I didn't really understand the, the, the significance of that portion, but that's kind of interdimensional travel, basically, and going into different worlds or. Um, different levels, different levels. Correct. If you were to think about Asgard, if you were thinking about you know Correct. you know going into that, it was like Niflheim and um, Jotunheim and all that yes. stuff. So it's kind of almost the same thing, just told in a different way. That's what I kind of got. That. Correct. Imagine if you were taken to NASA, and NASA is giving you a tour of things you have no concept of whatsoever, and then you come back here and you're trying to speak to us in layman terms about what it is. And you would try to best describe and to relate to what those things are to what you already know. Like when he describes the walls are white, they glimmer. Uh, I hear rush, rushing water like it's a, a large river. It's, it's pounding in my ears. He's, something is happening. And he's describing as best he can. A river. I know what a river is. And then he learns what snow is for the first time. He doesn't know what snow is. Uriel has to tell him what snow is. That also sounds like uh, what I've heard as as far as like DMT breakthroughs, yes. where they talk about the vibration, the humming in the ears, the humming, like the, the sounds, the, the sounds the, it, that all comes from the and vibration, the crackling and crunching Correct. that I've heard. That's a whole other topic, but that's uh, you know, um, 
light becomes sound, sound yeah. becomes Fre- all frequencies, all correct. waves, all. So you right. go through different spectrums, like right. you, you go through different portals. Right. So you have light, you have vibration, you have heat, then you have water, and then you have manifestation of physical. H.P. Hmm. Pavlasky. Yeah. So Metatron, you were talking about Metatron. Let's, so let's, Metatron. Let's so way. when uh, he comes back, he goes back and forth to and fro. Uh, to go speak with the uh, the giants, they try to work out a deal, and really no deals had. There's a lot of backdoor brokering, people trying to save themselves. So God says, you know, I'm going to wipe them all out. He's he's angry. You know, worship me first. For my, I'm a jealous God, and what they did was pretty bad. So he's, I, I'm done. I'm going to wipe them off. I want to get rid of them. Start over. I want to start over, including everything everybody every human that was with them i don't want no memory of them being retained so what ends up happening you know enoch's trying to say hey you know i know some of these guys these guys aren't that bad you know their <laughs> their their fathers did this but they didn't do it did do that you want to kill them too and there's this back and forth where he goes and he's like but what about them them too what about what about him he, he didn't do anything you know him he didn't do anything and he's like all of them so, you know, when the flood comes, it, it takes a while for this flood to happen. Now, there's different stories on how this flood happens. There's uh, an ice shelf that's going to fall off that's the size of a continent. It's going to raise the sea level, which seems prob- probability of that seems okay. That seems like that can happen. Yeah. You have a story of in the Nile at the Delta itself. The Delta itself is a machine. I don't know if you guys have ever seen about that. There's actual huge things underneath the delta that rise and ebbs the, the flow of the tides that actually do the flooding. So the, when the, the flooding actually happens, it gives all the soil, all the richness of the river Nile and gives life. That's like clockwork when that happens. And at the Nile, there's a bunch of things at the bottom that look like tunnels um, that have been carved out. So it actually looks like the ground's been carved to create... Um, a artificial delta hmm. for irrigation, basically, and that like if, the Panama Canal, or correct? Something like it's that. called the navel of the world. I want to be a little more specific. So the unraveling of this navel would allow a ton of water to now, from the inside of the earth, to flow on top of the, the wa- on top of the surface, which is another spot where this comes from. And who's to say that things weren't happening simultaneously? I mean, when you talk Correct. about you talk about a, a giant rock that smashed into the earth and and created floods, and, or, or another or one an is another planet or, coming through, which now pulls more. So now you have our moon, which does does the ebb and flow of tide, tidal waves, tides, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, low tide, high tide. But if you had another big body that was coming through, um, it's going to mess things up quite a bit it's going to move some tectonic plates it's going to move a bunch of things so you're going to have multiple things happening around the world so which is evident because you have some cataclysmic event that happened took place and all these people from around the world all had a viewpoint you were either in it you were either 100 miles away from it you saw it or now you have all these people who fled now coming to your land with these stories now you're surviving happened over here survival mode you have stories of people who could not travel in certain directions anymore because it was decimated in this area. You had whole cities that disappeared where the mud was so high, it was 60 feet above the city. So now you have farmers now going and 
making new cities here and planting and cultivating on top of old cities, which there's evidence of this happening. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look at Easter Island. You look at hmm. uh, the the um, what is it uh, in Indonesia? There's the hmm. there's uh, a, a pyramid or a ziggurat that was is covered in mud. There was also hmm. uh, Gobekli Tem. Tepe is, is completely buried, whether it was intentional or accidental. Right, well, there's also, when you go to archaeology, there's a clean, defined line where there is water and silt. I mean, you can literally, you, you have the famous picture of like 100 million years, and you see all these different lines. Right. And there's one that's fire, that's one that's water. Right. When you talk about the apocrypha, they, they say, you know, I, I did you in first time with water. The second time, I'm going to hit you with fire. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a revelations. So, yeah, which you which, see that in the lines, which absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about an, a nuclear winter and, and mm-hmm. a massive explosion, things are going to burn wild. And I mean, they specifically I, talk I, about there, that. there is there is historical evidence that that the that the North America freaking was Done. massive. Yes. Decimated by fire. They talk about the seven sisters that flew around the sun. These were uh, they it was one sister that broke into seven in the sky and they they hung in the sky burning these are obviously meteorites or a comet or something yeah. that's just shattered and then they <laughs> had to go underground and then they would send people up every once in a while sometimes they didn't come back and the other stories where there was snow everywhere that would melt into soot hmm. it's most likely ash nuclear winter it was ash. and going back to metatron um, going back to metatron or going back to his his ascension um how did that conversation or how did that end up obviously there was a flood he said i want to get rid of him um but he wasn't fully successful no no there's plenty of evidence all the way to um past genesis you have david you have goliath um, and he had two brothers goliath he had brothers when they went to go kill his brother he, uh, they told him we killed your brother and we're here to kill you he says good i'm glad he's dead I didn't like him. I just <laughs> want to be here with my sheep. Leave me alone. I don't want no quarrel with you. I've been here this whole time. I've been living in this valley, tending to my sheep. And they went there and they, they, they devised these instruments of death to actually defeat him. So he's a huge giant. Uh, they developed these huge poles so they would pin him down and they would stab him and put the pole into the ground as they were all around him to stop him from moving. And then they collared him. And they brought him down to his knees. And he says, why are you doing this? I would have killed my brother. I don't like him. I don't like Goliath. He's, he's a show-off. You know? And this guy, this Rephium was just hanging out in, in a certain valley. Wow. But they were so afraid of retribution from the other giants. They actually went around before he, they wanted to make him king. So they were campaigning at that time. Look at we, we got the ball rolling. You just killed Goliath. Everybody knows your name now. You should make a bid for king. So this is where you have that big battle between him and Saul going back and forth. The man of Saul. Saul the man. Talking mm-hmm. about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. That's how he was made. Right to the forehead. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's interesting when, when you start talking about the, the giants. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence out there um, regarding things that were built that there's there's just no way we it's could have done. Whole another show, my friend. So if you look at these these uh you know these spheres in Costa Rica, yes. big old, right? And they also had some I believe I've in Turkey. Some. 
mm-hmm. or, or you know I could be wrong, but they were somewhere somewhere in a, the Almex, yeah, mm-hmm. some, somewhere in that area. Um, so you, if you think of these giants, right, that's, that could have been a weapon. They could have just picked that up and thrown that at you, and that would have been like, okay, I just knocked out like 15 dudes with just one ball. Yeah. Right. So speaking on that specifically, you have different types. You have Goliath, who is pretty big, but when you look at the time frame of Goliath, he's diluted. So you have the Philistines who actually sought out specific giants to breed. You have the whole story of Samson, mm. Samson and his hair. Um, when they took his hair, when they cut his hair from the the prostitute that they paid to cut his hair when he was asleep, they put him in chains. And the line says that they put him to mill. So you have a famous story of this big mill with these big spokes, and he's there with a bunch of other ox, and he's pushing, and he's grinding uh, corn or wheat for everybody. Um, that's allegorical. They had him producing babies. So they had him producing offspring for their army to systematically get rid of uh, Judea and, and their other enemies that were out there. So breeding giants. Correct. What, because what giant later comes, left? you have Goliath. And Goliath wasn't the only giant there. He was just the biggest one, the coolest one. They made all this armor for him. He was their show front. So there were other ones out there. So the mixture that they would get, you would have some that were huge. Like you had ones there, you have these stories of they would reach in the air and grab a bird out and eat. Now that's closer to the source. Just, uh, just like you would have a, a breed of two different animals, like two different dogs, and you keep breeding them, eventually one dominant one's going to come out of the genes. Right. So th- this is when you have smaller giants and you have larger ones. Um, so there's a variation of them as their lineage goes on. They become smaller. You know, these giant ones that David uh, would go and try and, and, and kill. Um, 15 feet or larger, right? Right. Well, yeah. You, when Moses was around, they were still there. So you have King Og. Okay? He was a giant. The land of Og. The yeah. land of Og. And in, in their eyes, we were like grasshoppers. And they were afraid of these giants grabbing them and eating them. They bring back a, a weaver beam that basically, it's, they say it's like a weaver beam, but it was his head post on his bed. <laughs> That's, that was his bed. That's how big it was. And they were so afraid. You know, they brought back grapes that were large. These were large grapes because they were cultivating food for themselves. And they had a different strain of grapes. And then God said, oh, don't worry about these guys. In Atlantic Canaan, I give them unto thee. Take uh, all your swords, your swords, your axes, they took double-bladed saws, so they're double handles where two men would be at to cut apart these people after they went in to go take them over. So it was a genocide of these people, and God said, I give them unto you, for this is a, a land of Ill, ill-fated people, which is directly from the people who survived the flood, which we can go back to. You have King Og, you have the story of Noah, um, one of my favorite stories of Noah being yeah. on the um, the boat. There was a captain on the boat. You think he did it? He 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 piled the boat? No, it was a giant. It was a giant, and he used stones to actually either as ballast or to actually move the boat around. There's some when you look at the boat, the boat isn't really what it is. When you actually lay out the dimensions, you know the boat was sealed, so the boat most likely went underwater or to not take on water. It was sealed with pitch. 
and um, straw and stuff like More that. Like you actually steal submarine sealed. or something. Correct. They talk about stories of it, um, the stones becoming heavy, the pilot activating it to where it rested on the bottom. So when everything on top was going crazy, they they were safe and they would float to the top. Which the story when Noah comes out, he has to break open that. I mean, he releases the pigeons and the dove. He lead, he released ravens. He released different things, mm-hmm. and um, they always came back. So the dove didn't come. Came back with an olive branch. What what is the, one of the most interesting parts of the story of Enoch to you? Man, there's there's so much. Um, but what stands out the most? One that's more important, the most important to you, the one that you want to talk to people about and say, you know what, this is what you need to know. The Book of Enoch is purely knowledge for mankind to be what he was designed to be, and that was to till the earth. From the sweat of your brow, you shall live. So we are workers, and this book is a handbook to better cultivate this garden, which is called Earth, that we've probably messed up already. But we're supposed to be in this cycle. And if we don't fit in this cycle on Earth, the the seasons, the time, the seasons, the time, um, the stars, how they, they, they flow, they all you're talking about the portals. There's yeah. portals, gates, windows, they those words interchange with depending on who's doing the um, the translation. Um, that's why I like to do my, my own translation because you can see the variance where that will be. Um, but basically these pathways, this book was meant for us to follow a certain pathway. And if we do not follow that pathway, things now become astray, awry. Right. So that's, a jar. Very, that's very true. So it's a manual. It's a, it's a straight up a handbook. And he was brought there to write down this handbook so he can disseminate that amongst the people. Um, which he he attempted to do, which people didn't really follow, which became esoteric, not the outside teaching. It became inside teaching because if you have this knowledge, it now becomes power, and how that's used, depending on who now controls that. Right. Just like any other knowledge, it was hidden. Knowledge is power. It was buried. We can can talk about the two pillars. Let's talk about two pillars. The two pillars. You have the two pillars. One, uh, you know. Boaz? Hey, you said it, not me. Uh, you know, there, there's two, two pillars that uh, was written down, the sciences. So you had one that was made out of stone, that was heavy, that fire would not burn, and another one that was porous, that would, was really light and would float. And this, these were made to survive the two things that, uh, the two major destructions on the earth was water and fire. fire. So, you know, these and they both contain, they both contain the same things. Correct. Of they them, say right? that they the were history. hollow. Um, they were scribed on the outside with sciences, words of wisdom, how to live. Um, and they were, they were, they were huge and they didn't know where they were going to go. They were lost. Um, so after the flood, you had, um, you know, you had Noah who landed with his sons and they started to go out and, and take over one went to Canaan. One, 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 two, um, all these different, you know, Shepham and Japheth, they kind of all went out their own ways. Um, but there were other people who survived. It wasn't just them. You know, they took their wives and their children, and they had animals two by two. The famous story goes how that was. You know, it's a little, hmm. a little you know, <laughs> not all the animals right. could fit on an ark of that right. size. 
Like um, DNA storage? Correct. Um, so there are other people already out there, and Noah talks about them. He knows who they are. Um, you have Nimrod, who was out there. He was really the first person to gather people and to organize after the flood, which is basically they were up on a mountaintop. They saw a lot of stuff that happened. Their cities that were down below were now full of mud, like we talked about, and buried. So what he did, he was the first one to organize and to go for things. It was a grab, basically a free-for-all grab, and he already knew where it was at. He had special craftsmen that could uh, dig and build. Well, and if you think about someone who's willing to grab and take that knowledge, the people that have the knowledge and have the skills to be able to do stuff are definitely going to be powerful because Correct. if you think about a in a any massive event that would occur, like even something that happened today, if, if we had something that decimated the majority of our population— People that are left are primarily going to be survivors. Correct. Not necessarily smart people, not necessarily people that have the knowledge that can advance science and, and industry and mm-hmm. building. They're the they're the guys that are living out in the wilderness and they know how to survive. They're the they're the mountain men. It's fifty percent the people who have the know how to survive and the fifty percent who are just survived. Luck. Who had to be in right, the right spot. Right place, right place, right Correct. time. Correct. Lucky right. for you. Now, when you have that in any type of an apocryphal event, you have a time of absence afterwards where you have amnesia. A vacuum. Correct. That is what the, most, the biggest fear is that they talk about, to prepare to go and hide and to preserve. They all talk about this, to preserve. You know, so you have writing wasn't written down as widespread that's why you have from mouth to ear from father to son and it was so important to have meal time to have that family to go circle time around the fire whatever correct to sit there and have these stories that are spoken of as children Mm -hmm. to retain it have so much information from the top keep your to keep your history so you had nimrod who went and was actively looking for these things imagine after this world amnesia or a huge population amnesia, you now just reset time. You now reset laws. You reset agriculture. When can we plant? Now you have food. Right. Everybody is now going to you to look to you to be the savior. So, which he is called a savior. Um, he built big cities with walls to keep things out, to keep people safe. You know, you, you get down to, you know, our old pagan rituals that turn into new rituals that we do every year, Christmas, Easter. You have all these. These are S there. That's these are all old people. Yeah. You know, you have So stuff that we like can this. identify the seasons and know when yeah. to plant and Again, when husbandry and when to be able it's to It's only for perpetuate. that, correct. It's only for that. Yeah. And when you lose that, you lose the keys of civilization and mm-hmm. we're we going to revert back into cave dwelling people right. and you're going to smash the head of your neighbor because he's going to try and take the only food that you have. Right. So, um, you know, so he finds this, he finds one of the pillars, I believe, and it has sciences on there and he just, you know, everybody else is coming out of the woodworks as like tent dwellers. 
you know, and he comes out, bam, I have a city, I have carts, I have stuff, I have everything, I'm up and running. So he becomes the major player. And, you know, you hear Noah talk about him being over there and he wants to be separate and be spiritual and holy because he still communes with God. You know, the first thing that Noah does when, when he comes out of the the the, um, the ark is that he basically sets up shop and he, he barbecues for God. You know, he sets up the sweet smell of incense and meat and sacrifice. And, you know, your sacrifice was to your choice's animal, the best animal you have. This is my best animal. This is the one I would want to eat. I am now going to sacrifice to give this up to God. And it says, and God smelled. And he smelled the sweet aroma of sacrifice. And he knew where to go and speak to Noah now. And Noah was in his tent. And the second thing Noah did was um, he got drunk. That's the second thing that he does. He drinks spirit. And he becomes drunken. And in his drunkenness, he is inside of his tent. Um, just like you and I, when we get drunk, we get a little hot. Yeah. And uh, he was naked in his tent. <laughs> and uh, his son went to go wake him up. Nobody wanted to go wake him up. Because he's naked. naked. He, they, they knew, you know, you're, that's a man in his castle. Pops and and naked. Don't they tried waking him. him up and shaking the tent and trying to get him out. And he's and out. The three brothers are like, you go in there. No, you go in there. You're the oldest. And they kind of argue. And then um, one goes in there, and Noah is drunk. He's angry. You see me in my nakedness. What are you doing in my tent? And he curses him. And that happens to be the land of Canaan. So, you know, everything is connected. So when you have these stories that are, you know, a thousand years later, when you go and you read it within context, you can get a better understanding of the story and why these things are happening. Um, so you have um, Noah cursing his son, and uh, that's, uh, that goes in the land of Canaan and, and why they're cursed and that. But what's funny is who dwelt in the land of Canaan? It was giants, correct? Giants. And what did but yet them? his son goes and has that land. Yeah. So they are still dwelling with giants because it was hand in hand. They're still around. Correct. Oh, yes. This, yes. We have, we have attributes that we have as human beings, whether it's a, our tail that some people are still born with, our six finger. You ever wonder why we have 12 months in a year? We had 12. 12 digits? Correct. Hmm. That's weird. There's, I've heard about the six fingers. Correct. I've heard about the six fingers, too. A lot of the Indians uh, are afraid of the tall... Uh, giants tall, with tall six, six fingers. fingers. Yeah. So you in in the woods when you come across somebody, you know, you put your hand up. Say, look, I have no weapon in my hand. I'm a friend. I'm I'm okay. I'm five fingers. <laughs> I have five fingers too. <laughs> they call them they call them the star people, right? Cause they have six fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tend to, to be cannibals as well. So that's why they were so um, specific on show me your hand. If you don't show me your hand, I'm gonna shoot a bunch of arrows at you and run. So. A lot of cool little things that linger now that give credence and evidence to stuff that happened. Because you don't do that and pass it down on your children as you spook stories. Watch right. out for the basket man in the woods. Yeah, it's the torture monkey syndrome of, for of sure. going up the ladder. You know, the, the fifth generation doesn't know why, but you don't go up you the ladder. You need to remember you this. You don't go up the ladder because you do, do not do that. Correct. It's bad. We don't know why, but I, it's bad. My <laughs> favorite things of, of, of American <laughs> Indians is their descriptions of, or names of places. It's very direct. Death Mountain. Don't go there. 
Why, why don't we go there? Because there's death. Death mountain. <laughs> death mountain. Death. That mountain has death on it. Don't go there. Very, very specific. Then when you look into the names, you see the reasons why. Their stories start coming out of it. Oh, you know, uh, Joe went up there and uh, he came back with no arm. And yeah, he said he something. Yeah, something did something to him. Don't, don't do that. Don't go up there no more. You know, then, you know, then... Uh, Bob went up there, too, to go because he said he was a liar. Bob never came back. So, yeah, we stopped going up there for those reasons. Death. Correct. <laughs> death like Mountain. things from you that are Again, attached to you. Ca- California and Arizona and, and Nevada. They, they got the craziest names. the name. craziest stuff right there. Correct. They're very local. Go, go be adventurous, people. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch up on in, in uh, oh, Enoch? I wanted to touch real quick on Nimrod since yeah, you were please. talking about Nimrod. What, at what point did <clears throat> Nimrod become cursed? Or, vilified or, or vilified vilified exactly. so nimrod his name is nimrod the great hunter before the lord at one point nimrod was like look at everything that i have created and i've done where's god god is not here god is not coming down god is not coming to sacrificial sacrifices that it's, that's taking place um i created this i found this i learned to read it i did this and i did that so his dwellers think about it as well he's providing all this for them he's teaching he's them. the king he's the the he's ultimate the, god the king. king this yeah. is where you get the god kings in from so he took that power he was not given that he was not anointed he was self-made man also what he liked to do was to hunt and he hunt like any big game trophy hunter he wanted the biggest and baddest trophy out there so after he hunted all the animals on the earth, he wanted to hunt bigger animals. So he would hunt demons along with angels. So he was killing angels and demons on the earth and putting their heads up as trophies, bringing them back. Look what I just did, people. Aren't you glad I killed this and brought this in here? Because now it's not out there where you go plant and sow. You know? Hmm. So he would boast. You know, he did a lot of things um, in his god king uh kingdoms god, and where exactly do you feel that, that, that those kingdoms were canaan you Ancient, had a lot of, like persia right around that area uh you had a lot in that area you you know where where noah landed he was kind of near him hmm. um you have instances where his sons come back oh i found people i found this and that and noah flips out stay away from them stay away god wanted to wipe them off the earth and restart with us so, you know, you, you have Noah being like that sect of, of people that were very enclosed and try to be separate from everything. Keep in mind, you know, Noah's being told this by numerous things. Noah is communicating with giants and angels on a regular basis before the flood. After the flood, it's not as much. It's less and less. So, you know, people say, you know, the Bible, all you know, Angels were walking around, and now they don't walk around. For some reason, it becomes less and less and less. Whether, you know, that that line is now being diluted. These people don't have these angelic stances no more, whatever they had. You talk about psychic abilities, magic abilities, natural abilities, natural um, um, just ideas that they had and stuff like that. But, you know, 
the land that they were in, he definitely spread. He wanted to go out and conquer, and I want to be the first one to go help these people because now they're going to help me. So you had these big city-states, and you had these roads. They built roads, too, to go out on different places. Nimrod. Correct. Nimrod did this. A lot of the times he went, it seems as though he had map or know-how, either from angels or demons or giants that he was capturing and getting information from. Information was the name of the game. That's what he wanted. Hmm. But he would go and build these cities on top of the old cities of the giants, and then he would dig. Very specific. Did, did you get what you wanted? <laughs> there's always more. Of course, there's, there's always more. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to cover in in the topic of Enoch? Yeah, I just want to say Enoch uh, is one of the most quoted people in the Bible, and people don't understand or know that. Um, Where else can you take information aside from the Bible? In, in, in uh, you have the, the Book of Adam, yeah, Book of Jubilees. Book of Jubilees is a great book. Everybody should read it if you're a big fan of... Um, of Genesis, Book of Jubilees, it's called The Little Book of Genesis, and it's called The Little Book because it has all these little tiny details in there. Um, it's an awesome book. It's a big read. It will take you quite a long time to read. Um, it's about three to four times bigger than Genesis. Wow. Um, it has all these who begat who, who did this and who did that, and all their accomplishments, um, huge lineages of lines of these people who want to do this. You know, They say uh, Jesus is, is from the line of David and all this and that, and how they get that. So this is the little book of names. They have all these names and stories that happened and took place that basically they got rid of, and they shrunk down the book of Genesis to be polished and more easy because they don't want to explain all this away. Mm. Why? What is this? What is this? Why do we have this in the Bible? Because at one point we talked about being here, we talked about fact and history. So you have the Bible is this big blend of oh my God, this happened, we need to write this down and impart this to our children so this never happens again, uh, how this horrible accident happened again, or horrible things happen. And the other part is, hey, this is me. I was here on this date. I did this. I partook in this. I was there for that. So you have part history. You have part myth. When you have from mouth to ear, you played a telephone game. Yeah, At some point, yeah. it's going to change. Also, you got to keep in mind detrimental to the Bible being written and or losing stuff is whoever one wrote history. Absolutely. I was just thinking the exact same thing. And and is there a possibility that the book of Jubilees was just a different writer that lost, that lost the boy? You see this time and and time again. You even have wars later on. The best ones is when you have the New Testament. You have one scribe chewing at another scribe why he's not to be believed, why he's so lame, why he doesn't, you know, he's crazy. It's hocus pocus. It's this, it's that. He's 100% wrong. wrong. He, didn't, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And you have these, you know, you, you, you have all these writings. Josephus, you know who Josephus is? Mm-hmm. He's a great writer. You can go read him. He was a, a, a Jewish Oh, man. Josephus. Josephus, Josephus, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he, he was hanging out with the Romans. So he wrote on the account for the Romans. And so a lot of our history we take from that, a lot of it was wrong. A lot of it was embellished. A lot of that he wanted to write a, a, a flair to it, you know, because he was out there. He wanted to be the first one to write down all this stuff. Wow. And that's, so he, he discredited a lot of people. That's interesting. I'd never heard that. And uh, the impression that I had about Josephus was that he was an 
an impartial writer of history. So I didn't so, realize that he had so he, he had was an the, agenda. The, the first um, reporter embedded in an army to mm-hmm. go walking with the actual army. To he was there the when they were decimating the Jews, and he wrote about it. He was there when he had a front row view of the temple being destroyed because he was embedded in the army. It was like CNN, you know, embedded in, you know, in the army. On location. No. Correct. So that's what he was the first one to really capitalize on that and to become, have notoriety from that. Um, but still, you know, you take, you know, he's saying something, so you take that, but there's local accounts of his stories and they're vastly different. Interesting. Yes, but Enoch, he's one of the most quoted prophets. Um, he's in, in almost every religion. Um, He's in the Quran, he's in uh, Catholic, Christian, uh, maybe dolled up as something else, but he's always there. Uh, Jesus quotes him hand and foot. Um, one of the most quotes, I believe, from Jesus is Enoch. When he talks about, he prophesies about Revelation, it's all Enoch. He prophesies about, uh, my father has many rooms in his mansion. That's directly from Enoch. That's when Enoch is traveling now, seeing he's aware of all these doors. He keeps asking Uriel, well, you our father has many rooms in his mansion. It was a huge one, one face wall that had all these doors on it, all faced a certain way. And uh, he talked about many rooms. And each room being? That's, you know, in, in different interpretations. Yeah. Uh, they don't go into detail. Specifically, this is what it is, but it's many rooms. Most likely, it was many religions under one roof. You know, so when, when you get down to it, everybody, you know, my famous, what I love to say is religious, uh, religion is beautiful until man has anything to do with it. Mm, that is very so, true. So, you know, if we lived by what our each religion says that we're supposed to do, then we would all be in harmony. Mm-hmm. If we sit there and say, my religion is better than yours. Then, then we're fighting. We're fighting. Yeah, and and you're also desecrating your own religion, yeah. unfortunately. <sighs> yeah. And, you know... Becoming or, or practicing or studying the occult, uh, and then I quote my friend Eddie G on this, um, you're a historian. Yes. You, if you study the occult, if you study you know stuff that's hidden, you become a historian. It doesn't and, die. And you have to really brush up on a lot of history because it, they, they intertwine. They, they, they come in, they go out, and then you have to make the decision, well, what was really myth and, and what, what was possibly real? Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we could touch in and out of, but the thing is, is those things are hidden for a reason. Correct. They're, they're, they're for the adept. power. They're mm-hmm. exactly. And the more questions you ask, the more questions you get, and the less answers you get. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the name of the game. That's, yeah. the, name That's the name of the game. Of the game. I absolutely. know not. I know not. So uh, this is where we're going to wrap it up. I wanted to say, James, thank you so much. I Good greatly time, appreciate guys. you, and I would love to have you on the show again. We could go down different rabbit holes and have, different portals and have talk. many rooms. You know. Um, I want to go ahead and thank our sponsor, Samsung Technologies, Performance G Motorsports, Vera Auto Care, um, and I want to thank Ellie Harbor Lodge for this building, and of course my production team, Joe, thanks guys, Donald Joe, Jonathan, and you know everybody who who helps us put these things together. Um, 
it's just it's it, it takes a whole family to do it and you know I'm, I'm very very grateful to to have this team with me so again you know thank you very much man i greatly appreciate you. you i appreciate um, you guys we, we thank you to having you again and um be looking out for our next episode i think we're gonna either have uh siren come back on or um we we also had a, a couple other options in in regards to other um topics again there's so many topics that we want to cover we just hope that you stay tuned please give us and like us subscribe share uh we appreciate everything that that all, all the support that you have given us and we look forward to bringing you more content more information and of course bringing you the light okay thank you very much thank you have a Thanks, good one. guys